0: You know, all these people that get obsessed by the latest gadgets and, oh, have you got wireless, Danny? No, I don't. Oh, you're living in the dark ages. You know, piss off. <laughs> and shut the drawbridge on your way out. Um... <laughs> My mum sent me an email when she was drunk, and uh... <laughs> this is true. She phoned me up the next day and said, Danny, I sent you an email, but I was drunk, but you shouldn't have got it. I pulled the plug out of the wall. <laughs> I had to pretend I didn't get it. I said, no, Mom, I didn't get it. No.
1: I still think he's my real dad. Um, <laughs> a-
2: You're listening to The Sill Podcast. Perspectives on art and technology with Peter Noce and Harry Posner. Episode 68. Digging words. Risible. I amuse you. I make you laugh.
0: Looking for Looking for love. Looking for
2: laughter. An autopsy professor giving an introductory lecture to a class of students. You get the scene, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, standing over a corpse, he addresses the class. He says, there are two things you need to make a career in medical forensics. First, you must have no fear. Mm -hmm. Having said that, he shoved his finger up the corpse's anus (laughs) and licked it. (laughs) Now you must do the same. This is what he tells the entire class. After a couple of minutes of uneasy silence, the class did as instructed. Second, the professor continues, you must have an acute sense of observation. For instance, how many of you noticed that I put my middle finger up this man's anus but licked <laughs> my index finger? <laughs> well, that was just <gasps> a risible. Well, this one gives me a kick too. It's not quite the same, but there's a boy who comes home and complains to his father and he says... You told me to put a potato in my swimming <laughs> trunks. You said it would impress the girls at the pool. But you forgot to mention one thing. And the father says, Really? What? That the potato should go in the front. <laughs> the potato should go in the front. Baboom.
1: Baboom. Rimshot, please. <laughs> Laughing is a universal language, Harry. Yes, and the word of the day is risible. Risible. A lot of people don't know that word, but it's a no. cool word. Risible. And it means. Laughable, ludicrous It also means capable of causing laughter I could have a risible personality Yeah, um, you're kind of funny you're funny. Funny how? You're you kind of funny. You're a funny guy. <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And so, risible is the word. We're going to look at its origins briefly. I'm going to give you some of its uh, translations in other languages just for fun. Sure. And we have examples of humor, how humor breaks down. We're going to talk mm. about technology and humor and that relationship. And we have okay. a very special guest on our Vox Box today. Oh, what the time is it to Italy? Nona, that famous Nona from uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. Fame. hmm And then we're going to share some of our own kind of funny, embarrassing stories. We're going to talk about the health benefits of laughter, of which there are some definite health benefits that have been studied. Mm. And uh, wherever Mm -hmm. else it takes us. Let's have a laugh and begin. (laughs) (laughs) So the word is risible. Spell it. R-I-S-I-B-L-E. Okay. And it's an adjective. And from the Middle French, risible. Risible. Fourteenth century, mm. nice pronunciation right? there, Harry. Thank you. And directly from the late Latin resibilis, laughable, able to laugh, or from the Latin risus, which is a past participle of ridere, to laugh. Ah, right. The Italian word is ridere. Okay. Now we're going to get to the English version. It from 1727, it meant capable of exciting laughter or comical. Okay, mm. so in German, risible would be lacherlich. Of course. In Turkish, <laughs> gulme. Mm. In Italian, ridiculo. Mm-hmm. Did I pronounce that correctly? Ridiculo. Ridiculo. And in egg Latin, regi, segi, bagel. Oh, yeah. You want cheese with that? (laughs) Egg and cheese. I just thought I'd throw the egg Latin in because it's a language, a made-up language. It's kind of fun, right? So that's kind of the origin of the word. We don't hear it used that often, although there's no reason why it couldn't be used. If somebody is being ludicrous or comical, we can say, boy, that guy's risible. as in. Some people will say immediately, no, I can see him. (laughs) He's not (laughs) in-risible, he's risible. Um, so, yeah, there we have it Risible is the word And so we're going to really talk about humor, laughter Its place in mm-hmm. our life mm-hmm. Where it might be appropriate Where it might be inappropriate If there is a place for that mm-hmm. And what it does for us
2: you no know, Health benefits Okay Releases endorphins Much like any pleasurable activity Laughing uh, does Yeah, right. laughing does By virtue of lowering your blood pressure It's good for your heart Mm-hmm one thing that a lot of people may not know that it's really good for your abdominal muscles. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: So instead the, of sit ups the whole act of the whole the whole,
2: well, you'd have to do an awful lot of in, laughing. Instead to, of
1: sit ups, you'd have sitcoms. <laughs> yeah, sitcoms. That's right. A lot <laughs> of sitcoms. take three sitcoms and see me yeah. in the morning.
2: But it actually strengthens the abdominal muscles
1: because the act of laughing constricts and contracts. Well, those, yeah, because you know I've laughed I've muscles. laughed at what's that British famous British comedy group, Monty Python, Python, many times to the point where you run out of laughter Mm -hmm. and it starts to hurt to laugh Mm -hmm. and it's your abdominals that are complaining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool.
2: In fact, and this is going to sound crazy, but people who are
1: physically fit have heartier laughs. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Because their stomach muscles can handle it. Mm -hmm. Gee, I better do some core (laughs) exercises so I can laugh a bit more. (laughs) And if you look
2: at studies of, there's a group, and I won't get into the details, who studies centigenarians. Yeah. And they find that that's one of the most common comments that they make in terms of their longevity. They laugh a lot, or they learn how to laugh um, at a lot of things in life yeah. that help them deal with even very serious situations with a sense of humor. So they live longer. Typically, yes. Well, it makes sense, though. I mean, if you if your immune system is strengthened, your blood pressure is lowered, right, right. You're releasing hormones that are beneficial to your body.
1: It makes sense. And I thought it was just yogurt that made people live longer. And smoking. And smoking. <laughs> I always hear about these 99-year-olds oh, wow. saying, I've been smoking for 85 years and look at me.
2: Yeah, but maybe right. they're laughing a lot as they're smoking. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
1: Now, there is an actual science mm-hmm. of the study of laughter mm-hmm. and it's called gelotology. 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 Spell that. Uh, G-E-L-O-T-O-L-O-G-Y. And an early study, a geolotological study, Mm -hmm. uh, demonstrated the effectiveness of laughter in a clinical setting, showing that laughter could help patients with atopic dermatitis respond less to allergens. Mm -hmm. And other studies have shown that laughter can help alleviate stress and pain, as you said, Mm -hmm. and can assist cardiopulmonary rehabilitation. Sure.
2: Right? And I think I mentioned to you once about bringing in a clown into a hospital specifically for terminally ill children. Yeah. Some of their physical responses are measurable yeah. in terms of the benefits that they receive. Having that clown in the ward for an hour or two. Send in the clown. Send in the clown. To be clowns. That's
1: yeah. a great song. I love that yeah. song. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look
2: at what people are drawn to. People going to the movies or going
1: to shows, clubs, they're always looking for a laugh. Yeah. More so than other things. There's several levels here. There's some deeper levels too. I know when I was a a standardized patient actor many years ago, Mm -hmm. there was one role I did, which was to portray a a suicidally depressed patient. Okay. And I had to do that for hour after hour, for eight hours on one day and eight hours on the next day. Interesting. By the end of that weekend, I went home Mm -hmm. and I was in a depression. I had put myself in this deep depression by acting it out. Constantly. As part of my job for two days. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? I instinctively looked for sitcoms and comedy performances. That would make me laugh, mm-hmm. to, to get me out of that funk. So it's almost like a survival strategy. Mm-hmm. And I would argue that in the face of our existential angst over the fact of our mortality. Right. We have developed this survival instinct of being able to make light of life. And all of its tribulations, Mm -hmm. just to survive our lives and get through that angst from day to day to day. Sure. So I think it's a very important element, not to just discount it as a frivolous thing that we have fun and laugh and there's humor in the world, but that it's a critical element of our lives.
2: Yeah, and if you think about it in terms of our day to day existence, which situations are most amenable to that? They're social situations where people are together. Sure. And we live in a world where that's happening less and less. Yeah. And so we're not getting that benefit because typically people laugh in groups and over dinner or whatever. Yep. So the importance of that built into our socialization
1: yeah, is extremely and, important. And people have argued that laughter was the precursor to language, that even before words and language came along, we communicated yes. through raw emotion and laughter would have been one of those emotions.
2: Well, right? it makes perfect sense even practically because if you think about it, it doesn't matter where you're born – No one has to teach you how to laugh.
1: It's a universal language, like Mm -hmm. music is a universal Mm -hmm. language. Laughter is a universal language as Mm -hmm. well. Very interesting. Now, staying with science for a moment here, Mm -hmm. to talk about the brain is interesting, because where does laughter live, so to speak, in the brain? Which quadrant, do you mean? Yeah, it turns Mm -hmm. out that there are structures in the limbic system that are involved in laughter. The hippocampus Mm -hmm. and the amygdala are the primary sort of areas where endorphins are produced etc the mm-hmm. prefrontal cortex
2: Mel Brooks says tragedy is when i cut my finger <laughs> comedy is when you
1: fall into an open sewer and die <laughs> exactly so this is a good question there why is it that we have a reflex to laugh at the misfortune of someone else and to cry at our own. Where does that come from, I wonder? Any thoughts for why that happens?
2: Oh, I don't know why, but I can only laugh if I see, for example, someone slipping or falling. Right. If I see the person get up or indications that they're okay, I can really laugh. Yeah. But if I see that they're seriously hurt... I often stop laughing right in the middle of my laugh because it changes the whole picture for me. And I'm not suggesting sure. that that's what everyone else does.
1: Well, it begs the question, are there moments when it is simply inappropriate to laugh, to see humor, at funerals or what have you?
2: Funerals is an interesting one because depending also on your culture, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, you would look at that uh, very, very differently. I.e., let's talk about a, a Greek or an Italian funeral versus an Irish wake. right very different types of behavior. Yeah. Personally, I've never been offended by laughter at a funeral, even though sometimes it may seem inappropriate, only because some people can also laugh out of nervousness.
1: Well, yeah, and there's also those moments when the the priest or rabbi or whoever is uh, talking about the deceased, and people in the audience know that it's a lot of hoey, right. hoey, <laughs> hoey. Too. It's a lot of hoey too. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, and starts to snicker and laugh because you know Uncle Fred right. was not a kind guy. Yeah, he yeah, was right. a real bastard, actually. Right, you know, right, right. That sort of thing. You know, yeah. painting. He was he was a curmudgeon. A curmudgeon. think. Yeah. Yeah. another good word. Curmudgeon. Yeah, yeah. Then there's the whole thing about. The kinds of humor that are in the world, it's not just one thing that we laugh at. No. Right? So we laugh at jokes. We laugh when somebody falls through a manhole cover. That's slapstick. Mm-hmm. We're laughing at. We laugh at limericks. We laugh at parodies and people parodying right. something. A great example of that is uh, Fernwood Tonight, a program, I think it was in the 1970s. 70s, on TV. yeah. That was a Starr- great show. That a was great, interesting. Uh, yeah, starring Martin Mull and right. Fred uh, Willard. Willard. Yeah. Very, very funny. Brilliant. I still love that. I can still watch that and laugh. Mm-hmm. Then there's Farce. Monty Python, Python, Mm -hmm. right? Shaggy Dog stories, which are just long, endless tales that almost never come to an end in a way. And then satire as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, hey, here's a limerick. Okay. There was a young man from Kent whose rod was so long it bent. (laughs) So to save himself trouble, he bent it in double. Instead of coming, he He went. went. (laughs) <laughs> and part of the humor yeah. of that is the rhythm right of the five lines mm-hmm. you know that rhythm as you've heard other limericks before mm-hmm. and you're just getting the yeah you know, it's like the knock knock jokes you know? yeah knock yeah. knock yeah. 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 who's there dishes Pushes, dishes a stick up <laughs> give me your money you know that kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> so uh all kinds of possibilities there in terms of the humor front how mm-hmm. about technology where does that come in
2: Well, from my experience dealing with a lot of uh, clients who seek assistance, either IT-related or computer-related, software-related, whatever, I always tell them, adopt a sense of humor when dealing with technology because if you react to technology, technology is completely inert. It's a computer. It has no emotion. pretty much does what you tell it to do. Sure, there are times when there's a problem, there's a mechanical problem or a technical problem, but most problems that occur with computers and software and so on, are human error. Mm-hmm. You know, so, first person you have to laugh at is yourself.
1: Yeah, that's one of the hardest things to I do, know. isn't it? I know, For people who are serious about
2: themselves. But there's nothing worse than having angst over technology, because you're just going to exacerbate every single problem you have, because nothing is going to change. The computer is completely unresponsive to your right. emotions.
1: Well, uh, I've had a relationship with Siri ongoingly for the last few months. And I have to say that, uh, you know, yeah. she's uh, responsive. And, you know, yeah. at times, uh, yeah. other times may be cool. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: As we know that, uh, you know, Nona Paola. Nona Paola is, hmm. yes, she has a deep relationship with very, Siri. Very, very deep relationship. I'll give you a sample of that on BoxBox. Box. Box, Box. So, what's your story?
0: Ask her what the time is in Italy. It's in Italy? Yeah, ask her what the time is. I bet you she tells you. You watch. Allah, what time to Italy? Checking. I see a handful of deli restaurants in your area. Huh? A restaurant in new area? I don't know. See how good it is? You just press the button and you talk to it. Ask any question you want. You ask her. Listen, where are you from? From Italy? what's, what's time it's there? Like it says on the box. a I Sex on the I box. Sex on the box? Oh, my God. What a dickhead. <laughs> sex on the but box. What a sign. What a bloody shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. She's an idiot. That's a, that California. Is she from California? I think so. Oscar, ask her. You ask her questions. That's your phone now. But to me not understand this phone. Who would you like to call? Who would you like to call? I want to speak to you, please. I want to speak to you. Because it's uh, my son that gave me the new phone, and me don't know how how to use it. Help me, please. Oh. What's yeah. on your mind? My paint away number. What's on your mind? What are in my mind? What's on your mind? I want to know what's time uh, on the teller in the Italy. Well, ask her. I said. Yeah, but hold the button down. Yeah. And ask her what the time. What's the time in Italy? Uh, excuse me. What's time? Uh, it's in Italy. Can you tell me the time please? Now let go, that's it. What I found on the web for I want to know what's time I said what, excuse me, what's good to Italy, can you tell me the time please? Holy shit, you confused the computer. Oh, come on, she talked. You know, you have to it properly, you have to talk properly. Siri, what's the time to Italy? Time is 7.24 p.m. See, 7.24 p.m., thank you very yeah, much. but that's not in Italy, that's here in Australia. You have to be angry with her. What for? Because she loves it when you're angry. I'm angry with you. I have to be angry with her. Correct. Ah, shut up.
2: Fox, box. Oh, she's hilarious. And I learned that she's very close from my hometown
1: really? Yeah. Where? At, Where's at, your hometown?
2: In Calabria. In Calabria. That's where she's from. And she went to Australia the same year I came to Canada in 1958. Oh, okay. So I, I was curious, you know, when I was listening to it, I thought, I'm going to investigate this further and find out if either I or my family or someone in my family knows her because she's right in my neighborhood, apparently.
1: <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, here's the other thing which is interesting, hmm. is that a person can be risible hmm. and frightening at the same time. And in fact, we often laugh nervously in situations where we're anxious. I know where this is going. We're afraid. And and the ultimate risible individual on the planet, as everybody knows, is Mr. Donald Trump, Trump. Trump. Uh, who can be, on the one hand, ridiculously risible in his language, use of language and his concepts. Or misuse of language. Misuse, the way he talks. Mm. And on the other hand, can be frightening because of his position, because of Mm -hmm. who he is and what he's capable of doing. And so there's that strange combination of laughter and fear. And that book I just gave you today by Bob Woodward is called Fear. Mm -hmm. It's about Trump. And so there is that double-edged thing connected with him. Mm -hmm. And some people choose to be on one side of that and just simply laugh at him all the time. And others are beating the drum and are uh, kind of being alarmist about him because they're saying, yes, he's funny, but you know what? We should focus on how dangerous he is and do something about this.
2: Yeah. And even if you don't use the word dangerous to focus, period, because a lot of us, as he's shown time and time again, we dismiss him. And uh, then he goes from a non-entity to President of the United States, Uh, that's a very, very interesting series of events. So we can have a laugh, but we should also be tuned in into what's actually
1: happening. Yeah, sure. So I want to ask you too, is there Mm. anything in your life that you would consider kind of funny that happened in your life that was laughable, something you did that was comical or ridiculous or something you witnessed that was strange or funny? In some way For the life of me Not a single thing Comes to my mind <laughs> You're such a serious <laughs> Son
2: of a bitch No but Probably because There's been many And uh, And you've blocked them out And I'm blocking them out <laughs> And probably because Sometimes I don't even Catch them you know Okay um, But I, I, there's nothing That comes Oh well Actually there are a couple Okay But they were laughable To others But they weren't to me And, and I go okay. back. And I go back To what I was Describing earlier About where something is happening to someone,
1: right? So what? Uh, what well, I,
2: it happened more than once. Typically in the early elementary school, where you had friends or, or students, fellow students who weren't able to contain themselves and either urinated uh, in the middle of a classroom or standing in a line. So that happened to you? It, <laughs> that didn't actually happen to me, but it happened to friends of mine. Okay, uh, not that it never happened to me. It just didn't happen to me in a in a hallway or in a classroom situation. Yeah, sure. But friends of mine. And my instinct was to try and protect them. You're laughing, but you're kind of feeling bad at the same time. Because yes, right. if it was just laughter and, and the person who did it could laugh with you, it would be even funnier. But yeah. when the person is mortified...
1: Yeah, it's tough to laugh. I When I was a kid once, I remember walking home from public school at a very, very young age yeah. and having to go to the bathroom, do number two, and I couldn't contain myself at a certain point. Right, right, right. <laughs> I just dropped a few into my, pa- into my underpants. Like a bunny was- like a bunny rabbit. And then I had to walk or kind of like shuffle yeah, yeah. Home yeah, yeah. with this business right. in, in my pants. Uh, very embarrassing, but funny in a way when you think back on it, right? Oh, yeah.
2: What kid hasn't had an accident at some point? <laughs> and pooped their pants. Either that or the other. It's pretty normal. Yeah. And it is funny. Uh, when it happens to other people, it's funny.
1: Yeah. Mm. But with perspective, things, tragedies can be funny. Like there was one time, it's not a tragedy, but it was a very silly thing that... That happened, where I owned a pickup truck at one point, and mm. when I went into Toronto, I would park kind of in the same parking spot down on Bathurst Street mm. near Bloor. And I always parked I'd always park there. It was so very convenient. Honest I could Eds, walk, yeah, near Honest Eds. Mm. And so with this one day, I parked there, and I, I went and did my business in the city, and then I came back to where the truck was supposed to be, and the parking spot was empty. There was nothing there. I said to myself, "Where is my truck?" oh my God, somebody has stolen my truck. Holy mm.
2: crap. Yeah, you were convinced that that's oh, where it was. Oh, totally. Right.
1: And so I thought, what am I going to do? Okay, I better call the police. So I went to the nearest shop, which turned out to be a West Indian hair cutting place, a oh, barber yeah. shop with okay. all these West Indian guys doing their patois, mm-hmm. filling the shop. And I went up and said, can I use your phone? I think my vehicle's been stolen, blah, blah, blah. Mm. He said, sure. I called the police, reported it's stolen. They said, well, give us about 20 minutes. We're going to check our records and see if anything's been reported. And we'll will call you back at this number fine so i'm sitting there in the barbershop for 20 minutes mm-hmm. with all these guys around me looking at me going what well, who is this guy you know what's his truck was stolen you know mm-hmm. suddenly i realize oh my god the parking spot was filled when i got there this morning i didn't park there at all i parked two streets over yeah you walked over and there it was right so embarrassing <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the least. But would Total have been
2: brain fart. Extremely funny to everybody else. You were probably breaking out in a cold sweat. <laughs>
1: I was. I was, just, I was convinced. <laughs> that you someone had stolen I your truck. robbed. These stories keep coming up uh, in one's life. There's humor in everything, in other words. There's humor in Yeah, everything. and a sense of
2: humor, even when you think about people that you like to be around. Yeah. It's people with a sense of humor. Sure. Right? Especially in difficult situations. Sometimes that's the best way to diffuse whatever's happening. And sometimes it is serious, but we sometimes make it more serious than it really is. Right. Or we're much more conscious of it than everybody else
1: is. Yeah. And it's a way of connecting to people on a very lovely level. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. When you're smiling and laughing with someone, it's a totally different connection Mm -hmm. to when you're sitting seriously or in neutral going back and forth in a conversation Mm -hmm. so as a tool for getting along in the world and making connections having an easy smile and easy laugh goes Mm -hmm. a long way think of it
2: in longer term relationships where you've been with someone 10 15 20 30 40 years yeah it's easy to forget those fantastic moments that you had at various points in your relationship where you had a good laugh. Yeah. And so you undergo these periods of seriousness, whether it's death in the family, economic issues, this, that, and whatever. And then suddenly, after weeks and months of this, you actually look at each other and you just share a good laugh.
1: Sure. Whether it's about wrinkles and getting older or losing exactly. my hair exactly. or losing my mojo, whatever it is. Yeah. We can find humor in everything if we let ourselves. Uh, and to we me, the, the critical part
2: is laughing with versus laughing at. Right, right. Okay. And no uh, maliciousness. And if there's maliciousness, then to me, it's not funny.
1: No, no. Uh, and
2: I like humor this way, too, where you're interweaving a serious message in a comedic form. Yeah. You're making it palatable, but yep. you're not really diminishing the seriousness of what you're saying, but you're making it understandable. You're making
1: it so it reaches more people. hmm mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, we shouldn't end this without talking about mm. people whose primary occupation is to be risible, namely… Comedians. Comedians, yeah. comics, comic actors. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And as the 20th century wore on, we had these comics that came up who really pushed the boundaries of humor and the language that they used. So, Lenny Bruce, for example, George Carlin and his Seven Dirty Words. Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor talking about race overtly, Mm -hmm. etc. They really kind of loosened the tethers between morality and laughter.
2: While simultaneously providing a great uh, source of education. Sure. And enlightenment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Basically, they're saying, loosen up about this stuff, folks. Mm -hmm. And they were able to take, and they are able to take serious subjects. And Mm -hmm. people understand that they're not condoning it by laughing at humorous aspects of it. They're just saying Mm -hmm. it's one of those other tragedies of which there are many in life that we have to find humor in to survive it. Those Mm -hmm.
2: comics that we mentioned, the Lenny Bruce's, the Richard Pryor's. They stepped out and gave us the future Mm -hmm. in their comedy.
1: Yeah. How so? In the
2: sense that many of the things that they were targeting or that they were using in their comedy became more common
1: and more appropriate, humanized us a little bit more. Yeah. And the whole uh, usage of language that those comedians raised in their bits, that's really much in the air right now in Mm -hmm. terms of the appropriateness of language is something that people connect to immediately when they hear somebody talk about any subject, mm-hmm. they're thinking, is that an appropriate way of discussing that subject?
2: Yeah, and sometimes it does take extremes. Look at Bill Maher. Bill Maher is a perfect example of mm-hmm. uh, from politically incorrect, which he began twenty odd years ago. Yeah. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, but I'm really glad that he's on the air. I'm really glad that shows like that are permitted because mm-hmm. if nothing else, it opens up the Q and A's. It makes you rethink perhaps, some of your particular positions or attitudes. And to me, comedy is a great way to do that.
1: Yeah. And as you said earlier, culture is a very important aspect. And the joke that I uh, love from the culture I was born in, which is the Jewish culture, yeah. Yeah. is the joke about uh, how a young fellow goes up to a rabbi, says, rabbi, I have this situation and I don't know what to do about it. Can you give me some advice? Mm. And he says, son, uh, just know this, no matter what you choose, you're going to regret it. <laughs> And so there we have it. The word is risible, 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 and uh, feel free to use it in any context you like Mm -hmm. and feel free to laugh at any point in your life, because it's going to be good for you.
2: Oh, for sure. For sure.
1: (laughs) And don't forget, Uh leave a comment, make it a joke, leave us a joke, send us your favorite joke. We'll read it on at air At the
2: sillpodcast.com, press a button. You can actually leave your voice.
1: There you go. It's we'll air. read your joke on air. How's mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Cool? Cool. All right. Rimshot, please. Take In us shot. out of here. <laughs> mm. <laughs> baboon. I'm looking for life. I'm looking for love. I'm looking for
2: laughter. The Sill Podcast. Perspectives on art and technology is a Connecting Dots Media production. Available at the podcast.com. Com.
0: Things are going to change. They never stay the same. That's why we'll find a war, putting evil on the blame. You can always stand up for what you believe. Don't be blinded by the power of greed. What about all those things you could have done, but you don't? They say things happen for